This show is part of the Pika Science Podcast, studying the intersection of video games and science. Bum, 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 bum. Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon. Good day. Good evening. It is Thanksgiving morning here at the Collins Vanderbilt Plan household. It is a very, very, very lovely Thanksgiving here for us. I know we are all very tired and very sick here. <laughs> all of us have been incredibly sick. So welcome back to another episode of Lila's Lesson. I'm Madison, and I am, of course, joining your favorite host, my favorite host, Lila, the host of the most, uh, Space Ghost Coast to Coast. If you're not aware, really quick, announcement on December 2nd, Lila and I will have three different panels at GalaxyCon Columbus, two of which you designed. I'm really excited to talk about Predators and Praise with you and adaptations. Uh, there's also a panel Brittany has designed on how the healthcare system would work in the Pokemon world. I'm kind of really stoked don't about that. Just, don't you just go to the Nurse Joy and then get your Pokemon healed? Uh, well, yeah, Nurse Joy, but like, where does that money come from? How is it paid for? How does that work? Well, so. Pokemon. It doesn't. No, we're going to talk about socialized medicine. <laughs> so anyways, we are here today to talk about another topic that you picked that I don't know a lot about. We talked about, what are we talking about? Amphibians. Yeah, but which ones? Frogs. And toads, right? Did you know, do you know the book series Frog and Toad? No. The children's book series? No, I don't. Oh, we should talk about that later. Great, great book series. Um, So what are frogs and toads? Tell me about them. They're both amphibians, and they live on land. They can live on land and water. All amphibians have a metamorphosis in their life cycles, and all toads are frogs, but not all frogs are toads. So a toad's like a type of frog, then, right? Yes. Oh, that's cool. So I was reading that there's actually no scientific difference between them because toads are just a group of frogs, right? Well, yeah. Cool. Well, because I know sometimes people think that, like, frogs and toads are different, or they think that turtles and tortoises are different, but they're really not. Tortoises can't swim. That's pretty much the only difference. There are turtles that can't swim, too, though. Box turtles. Yeah. Yeah, so... So why are they not tortoises? <laughs> because of the English <laughs> language. Uh, so where do frogs live? Um, they live mostly all over the world, but they prefer to live near water. Me, too. I love being near the water, so I get it. I love them. Well, then I bet you wish you were an amphibian. So frogs are special though, right? Why? Yeah, they they are mostly the only amphibian that comes from tadpoles and they have really long tongues. Oh, I love tadpoles. We have tadpoles near our house. We always see them in yeah. the stream. Higley tried to catch one once and ended up falling in the water. <laughs> that sounds about right. Well, we have all sorts of different kinds of frogs up here in Ohio too. Like, and I know the frogs we have near our house are not the same types of frogs that Haley has near her other house. No. We see a bunch of frogs in our backyard, but I've seen a frog at Kristen's, and it looks totally different. Yeah, me. So it is kind of cool to think that, like, 10 minutes apart, how different the ecosystems can actually well, be. Well, it's more like 30 minutes. No, it's, it's a 10-minute drive. It may feel that way. It's a 10-minute drive, I promise. Anyways, uh, so we have a bunch of Pokemon to talk about here. The first one is the Bulbasaur line, and I'm going to be clear. Ken Sugimori himself has confirmed that these are based on frogs, so I don't want to hear any argument. I And also that I was reading Venusaur was actually designed before Bulbasaur. Wait, they backwards designed it. So he came up with Venusaur's designed first and then said, okay, how do we end up there? Oh. Isn't that cool? So what can you tell me about Bulbasaur's? What do we think they're based on? Um... Horned frog. Yeah, why? Because they have a round-like shape and ear protrusions. They also have a very large mouth and a spotted chests and bodies. Yeah, and 
Honestly, you and I were talking about it. When you got Let's Go Eevee, I was so excited because Venusaur and Bulbasaur hop in it like frogs. And I had no idea how they would move. We got Lila is bouncing in her chair. (laughs) So everyone's favorite grass starter is a a good froggy boy. Um, But Gen 1 also gave us another frog and one that grosses you out, right? You don't like Poliwag, Poliwrath, and Poliwrath because of what they're based on, right? No, I I like Poli... I I don't like um, Toxicroak because of what it's based on. No, no. I thought you didn't like these because of their translucent frogs. Oh, yeah. No. Sometimes frogs are translucent and what what happens? You can... you can see their intestines. Like through their skin. Yeah, it's really gross. And it actually creates the same spiral pattern, right? It's really gross. <laughs> They're inside out, boy. Mm, don't look at one. Please don't. Now, Polytoad, we're going to treat separate. Uh, it's kind of what? Like, it's just... It's just a generic frog. It's not really a... Yeah, it's cute, though. I love Polytoad. Um... It might be based on a frog from the Frog Prince. Yeah, it uses the King Rock to evolve, right? Yes. It's royalty. <laughs> or a Vietnamese folktale that tells of a frog traveled to heaven to end a drought. Yeah, and that's because Polytoad has that access to the ability to make it rain. And honestly, that is what made Polytoad Polytoad. It's so useful because of that ability. Now, our next two, you, these are the ones that scare you. They are Krogunk and Toxicroak. Uh, They have two different influences. Tell us about them. They are poison dart frog because it is a poison typing, obviously, and it shoots poison darts. Or a hairy frog because it breaks its bones to create claw-like weapons. It's really weird. Well, and the hairy frog is actually like Wolverine, where it it breaks its bones and they protrude out of its hand. Is that what Wolverine does? Yeah, Wolverine's hands, uh, those bones break through his skin every time. They talk about that in the comics, that like he, he feels that pain every single time. What? Yeah, yeah. Lila's mind blown because she doesn't know much about the X-Men yet. You're more of a Spider-Man girl, right? How does... <laughs> she, her mind is blown. It's okay, we'll watch X-Men sometime. I love X-Men. They're my favorite. So next up we have uh, the one that kind of weird me out. <laughs> uh, Time Pole, Papatoad, and Seismitoad. So Ken Sugimori did confirm they are based on the Japanese common toad. Because of the, the lumps are likely warts that are found in the frog's are most toads. Yeah, and they they also maybe have a connection to the, uh, do you remember how to say that one? Sugimori? Uh, Saranum toad? Because it has like little pockets on its body where it stores its eggs. Yeah, they're like little pockmarks and the eggs are kept inside, like in little pockets on its stomach. Oh. Yeah. That's actually really cool. It is cool. Frogs are cool. You, You led me down a really interesting rabbit hole. And actually, I'm going to pause you really quick. Um, I was thinking of you this week. We're doing poetry in my class because after I do narratives, I always like to teach figurative language because it increases their writing ability so they can be more creative with their descriptive language. And we've been doing poetry, and I tried to get... So what I said was they needed to give me an animal to stump me, and I was going to make a poem for each of my classes. And one of my classes, one of the kids gave me the banana frog. Oh, I'll have to show you later. He thought he stumped me. He did not. I was actually, but it was cool. We had a good time. So we're going to separate Froakie and Frogadier from Greninja. Um, So Froakie and Frogadier, what can you tell us about them? Well, they're based on the foam nests some frogs create to hold their eggs. Yeah, so they create these like large nests uh, with foam that they secrete from their mouths that they put their eggs in and they hang them on things like trees or bushes or flowers and it protects their eggs and keeps them moist. 
We also said it might be based on the gray foam nest tree frog, which has a large foam nest. Yeah, because Froakie and Frogadier both have those foam bubble pockets like on their body. Though they use them for a very different reason. We'll talk about that in a minute. Now, Greninja. Greninja is one of my favorites. I don't know if you knew that. I did. Yeah, I love Greninja. And it might be based on an Indonesian horned toad because of the protrusions above its eyes, but also maybe. I spotted leaf frog. Yeah, because... It's of the similar body shapes. Yeah, because Greninja and the Splendid Leaf Frog have those similar body shapes that are, like, sleek and slim and good for jumping. Uh, lastly, Lila, we have one last one, one that you and I both agrees not our favorite, uh, no. but Tad Bulb and Belly Bolt. It might be based on the Kabi... Kuaba? I don't know how to say it either. Kuaba Dwarf Frog. Yeah. Um... The false eyes on the cube. Oh, Cuba. I don't think it's Cuba. It's Cuaba, I think. That's literally how you spell Cuba. No, Cuba is C-U-B-A. Yeah. This one lives in Brazil. Cuaba. Nah. But yeah, the Cuaba uh, frog has false eyes on its on its legs, and Belly Bolt has those weird false eyes on its head. Mm-hmm. I still don't know which eyes are which. The, um, the real eyes are the dots right above the mouth. Okay, I don't believe it. <laughs> No, I do. I'm just teasing you. I'm sorry. You just gave me a look. If looks could get kill. Uh, so, also, we thought they might have ties. The South American horned frogs, because they have very stubby legs. Yeah, they do. They have those little stubby little legs. Ugh. They're stubby, guys. They're like, Lila, they're the corgis of the frog world. <laughs> they don't run fast like corgis. That's true. Right. Corgis run really fast. That is true. They're they're good hunting dogs. So finally, we have uh, we're gonna talk about the Pokemon adaptation. So Bulbasaur, Ivasaur, and Venusaur. We say they have a bunch of cool adaptations, right? Yeah, they can create energy from the flower on their back, so it doesn't have to eat much. They can go days without eating, which is awesome, right? Like if there's a drought or there's some reason you can't don't have access to food, especially for predators, because yeah, I mean you never know what you're gonna get to hunt next. Well, and frogs are all predators, right? Yeah, most of them. Yeah. So what else do we have? Um, they can create a sweet smell that lures prey in. Awesome way to get their prey to put their guard down and then just go. Oh, oh. I just made Lila jump by biting at her in the air. <laughs> what else? Um. They can create various powders from the flower, helping it to avoid predators and to trap prey. Yeah, they got sleep powder, poison powder, stun spore. So you're putting things to sleep, you're poisoning them, you're eating them. Great, great times. Now we have uh, the ones that scared Lila, the Poliwag, Poliwrath, and Poliwrath. Yeah, make me talk about them. They're an incredibly good swimmer and it can avoid predators. Its body is covered in a slick liquid and it can escape predators easily. It can hypnotize and put people to sleep with the pattern on its belly. And it's a great way to catch prey or get away from predators. Polyrath is such a strong swimmer, it can get across the Pacific Ocean just by kicking. Polyrath has strong limbs that function well on land and water, and it changes access to two environments, giving it the ability to adapt to changes. Yeah, because then it has access to two different environments, and if one of them's be- like there's something wrong, you can go to a different one, right? Mm-hmm. So it's flexible. So if the water is polluted or if it's muddy on land, it can just go in the water. Yep. So now we have Politoed, who has also great adaptations. It could make it rain. Is it throwing money at everyone? What? It's an expression. I'm sorry. <laughs> what else? Um, it can make it rain and... <laughs> They could use loud, echoing cries to communicate, and they could get 
gather here. They can hear each other from far away, and they will gather when one is in danger. Yeah, so that way they can protect each other. Uh, also, they command the polyroll and polywag, and by communicating, you know, by, sorry, by living in communities, they help improve their chance of survival. So we have the scary ones. Croak, I can talk to Croak. What about them? Um, they can shoot poison darts and injure foes while staying at a safe distance, and they can dab poison into opponents. So they can subdue predators and prey at like, right? So also we read that their throat sac is used to churn poison for potency. So it means that their poison is more fatal. So more often when they jab, it's going to be, you know, a fatal blow. Now we have Tynable, Palpitoad, and Seismitoad. What about them? They can create vibrations to use sound-based attacks and deafen prey and predators. Yeah, so that way, like, it hurts their ears and stuff. That's a great, great um, weapon. It talks in sound vibrations and allows it to communicate with each other in a way that others may not understand. Palpitoad uses sticky tongue to trap prey, and it shoots paralyzing liquids from, from its head bumps to substitute prey without having to close them. So it subdues prey without having it anywhere near them, right? What about Seismitoad? Seismitoad can break boulders with it, their punches. So yeah, they're strong enough to like take out most opponents. Now we have Froakie and Frogadier. We already did Froakie and Frogadier. We didn't talk about what their adaptations are. It has a pouch and can store things in it. It's good for stealing things. Yeah, so it's like based on like a burglar or a ninja, actually. Really? Yeah. It covers its skin in bubbles and helps it self-hydrate. Yeah, it helps keep itself skin moist and stuff, which amphibians like. And? It can climb a 200-foot tower in a short amount of time. And, and this means it's it's good at escaping predators. Yeah, not only 200 feet, 2,000 feet. Like, this thing is, like, just flying up the walls of towers. Can you imagine how fast that little frog must be going, Lila? Uh, imagine just you're on a mountain hiking like this and then the frog. <laughs> it's, like, already at the top and you're, like, nowhere near. So we got two last left to do. We got Greninja. It has water ninja stars that can be thrown, and it's a great way to hunt prey from afar. It is also good to keep predators away. Its ninja stars can cut through metal. and it, it, Like, no obstacles can no. stop it, right? That thing's awesome. And then we got Tadbulb and Bellybulb. It produces electricity and can use it to stun opponents, and it blinks on and off to alert allies of predators. So it helps the species survive, right? Now, the big thing we need to talk about is conservation, right? You said there's some big issues, right? Pollution is really impacting them because they live in water and their and their ecosystems are more susceptible to pollution in general. Two, they can breathe through their skin, and if they are in... So they are an indicator species, right? Yes. And that means that they tell scientists when something's wrong in the ecosystem because they will actually die out first. I know a lot of them are endangered, and I want to talk about this. You don't know this because it was before you were born, uh, but there is a chemical tri called um, triclosan, which is was a key ingredient in antibacterial soaps, in the, um, and it actually damaged ecosystems and 
impacted amphibians greatly. Uh, it caused all sorts of deformities, deaths, and it, it really did like just do a huge devastation to amphibian ecosystems. Um, it's not in antibacterial soap anymore. However, it's not fully banned in the U.S. It's still found in mouthwashes and toothpaste and some sanitizers. So what can we do to help? Don't use products with Tricosun and don't support companies that pollute the water. I'm looking at you, Nestle. Clean up your local waterways and you can donate your time to clean up local streams on their first time. Yeah, we have people that do that in our community, don't we? And your Girl Scout troop does that too. Yeah, so lots of things that you can do. Uh, Cleaning up the local waterway is honestly a huge impact if you live near a stream or a river. Because if there's pieces of plastic and there are little tiny frogs, they're going to get stuck in them. And not only that, but if we clean up the chemicals, they'll come back. Yeah. They will come back. So It's you, not like dinosaurs. They're not a thousand years gone. Yeah. Well, hundreds of thousands of millions. <laughs> but yeah, they'll come back. So, you know, just take care of the environment around you. Watch who you support. And uh, don't use triclosan. As always, thank you for coming. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Mom, do we use toothpaste with triclosan? No. Do we use anything with Triclosin? I don't think so.